Welcome to This Just In, the show bringing you the latest advancements in healthcare, strategy, innovation, and public policy. And now, for the fastest voice in healthcare, here's your host, Justin Barnes. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to This Just In. I'm your host, Justin Barnes. In these segments, I'll bring you the latest advancements in healthcare, strategy, innovation, and public policy. As always, we're broadcasting from the This Just In studios on the Business Radio X network, as well as the Healthcare Now radio network. For this episode, my 256th episode, we have one of healthcare's greatest leaders and collaborators and longtime friend of the show, Steve Lieber, Chief Analytics Officer from Chime. What an honor to have you back on air, my good friend. How are you? I'm doing great, Justin. It's great to hear from you as well. Terrific. So where are you dialing in from today? Today, I'm actually in Alexandria, Virginia, uh, in the D.C. area, uh, having some little personal time this week. Excellent. Excellent. Um, I actually spent a lot of time with you in D.C., not only in Chicago and some of these Tim's conferences and, you know, from our past, but certainly uh, a lot of work on Capitol Hill. Your team was always phenomenal uh, to collaborate with. So um, I appreciate well, that. As, yeah, as you know, D.C. is kind of an epicenter of, of healthcare policy, and uh, we've all spent a lot of time here working with uh, the Congress as, as well as the agencies and all. And, uh, you, know, you know, over the past 20 plus years now, it's been a good partnership with government. Government has uh, really delivered, I think, more positives for the healthcare industry than the, the negatives. And, you know, there's some of both, but on the whole, it, it's been a good partnership with government. Absolutely. I, I could not agree more. And, and you know, I actually take a you know moment, people, you know, my, my audience that listens to the show, you know, really, you know, a lot of them do engage Congress in the White House, the administration or Capitol Hill in general, you know, at the federal level and, and certainly maybe the capital state capitals at the local level. But it's really critically important because I always say decisions are being made every day. You can be a part of it or you can just be a, uh, you know, a receiver of it. But it's better to be on the front side and try to help you know, shape it, offer your thoughts, certainly your thought leadership, your strategy, your best practices, they listen. So it's extremely yeah. important to engage. Yeah, it, it is. And it's an ongoing process. You can't just dip in once an election cycle or whatever, because as you say, decisions are being made virtually daily. And, yeah. and so, you know, it's an ongoing uh, relationship. And I think that's the way to look at, at the, the work with government is it's a partnership, it's a relationship, and you have to work those. You do. And yep, you got to nurture them. I mean, I think I spent a solid 15 years going to Capitol Hill before I slowed down a little bit, but um, but I still take phone calls. I still help whenever they need something, they ask for help, um, even just to uh, to bounce ideas off of, um, you know, I'll always make myself available for, you know, fraternity because it's, it's really important. Again, it's, I think it's part of our civic duty, but also, again, you want to offer your thoughts. A lot of us have a lot of experience. We've been doing this now for, you know, 25 years, 26 years longer, Um and it's important that we take what we've learned in our past so we don't, you know, we don't make the same mistakes right, in the same future. Mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah. So um, as and as my, you know, a lot of my audience knows, I have a strong affinity for you personally. You helped uh, a group of us back in 2004 when we wanted to form the Avengers Association for the EHR leaders in the industry. Uh, you know, you and several of the HIMS leadership at the time immediately stepped forward and honored offered us this great neutral forum to strategically collaborate uh, as well as, you know, give us antitrust and anti-competitive umbrella. So 
for that. I, I'm grateful for to you, Steve, and certainly the team that you had at the time. You know, that was transformative to to my life, my career. Um, and I'm just grateful for your vision and your leadership. So thank you, my friend. Well, thank you. I appreciate you saying something. You know, the the philosophy I always took while I was at Hymns was you've got to get everybody in the room. You, you can't just talk among one group or just among yourselves. You got to get everybody in the room to get to the right answer. And so the relationship and partnership between provider sector and vendor sector, talking about government a few minutes ago, all of those pieces are, are important to be in the room together talking. And so when, when you guys came forward and wanted to create uh, that association, it was a natural for it to be in partnership with uh, the provider sector that was the predominant part of, of HIMSS at the time. And so it was a win-win all the way around. Yep. Thank you. And, and I think it's important also for my audience, certainly have a lot of new listeners throughout the throughout the years. And um, it's just important to engage your associations, whatever it is, it could be at the local level, it could be at a federal level, national level, global level, international level, whatever it is, it's important. Again, you're learning things on a daily basis. I got so much, I learned so much from my peers in the industry and, and even starting to travel globally and nationally to study other healthcare systems and what best practices can we learn you know, from other countries. I mean, for example, you know, uh, Cuba has, I think the the most successful birth rate in the world is Cuba. And so we actually went there on a, a, a trip, uh, I think it's 2011, uh, a great group of us um, and went and, uh, and studied their healthcare system and study, you know, they have a lot of things that aren't quite as, as, as uh, forward thinking, as innovative as us, but with their low mortality rate, you know, their low um, birth mortality rate, we actually learned a lot and, and how yeah. we, what we can do and bring into some of our care centers at the local level and some federal programs that we could support. So yeah, I highly recommend everybody engage, you know, different associations to learn and to bring your thoughts forward and take them back. Well, in, in, you know, having been, you know, in, in the association world for oh, 35 plus years now, um, you know, I've, I've been there early stage career, mid career, late career, and there is always something that you can gain from a relationship with your association. Uh, you know, there's so much in terms of networking, education, exposure to ideas that you haven't uh, had the opportunity to hear or, or talk to people about having people to talk to in terms of what are you dealing with? Exactly. Or here's my problem. Did you have you encountered that same sort of thing? Because, you know, there, there are, you know, a multitude of challenges in our, our daily professional lives. And we sometimes think that, you know, our problems are unique. Well, more than likely, they're not. Uh, somebody has dealt with something similar to that. And a, an association relationship is a great way to deal with those issues. And, and it, it becomes a support network. You're talking about uh, your, your group from, from the vendor association and, and what you guys needed to do. You need that peer group. And that's just a, a perfect place. An association is a perfect place for that to occur. Yeah, so true. I, I think, and, and even sometimes vendors think, well, that's my competition. No, we call it co-opetition because yeah. while our sales teams may have competed uh, and ferociously at, at times, we got together and, and we certainly leveraged each other's strengths and their strategy and, and their expertise. And how, how can we solve problems? And how can we solve problems for providers? How can we solve problems for patients? How can we solve problems around interoperability? How can we solve you know these real world problems that only get solved with us in a room? Government can't figure that stuff out on its own. Um, even if we're in those work task forces, we also have to be putting in work and working directly you know across the desk, eye to eye, face to face with our you know peers in the industry. It, it's another EHR company. It might be another health IT company. It may We may compete at times, 
but it's more important that, you know, we kind of put our country first in the way of, hey, and our patients first and our in our you know industry first. And look, where can we come together? How can we expedite this? Let's not just wait on someone to give us a roadmap. Maybe we go create that roadmap and then we bring it back to them. And that's what we did a lot yeah. of the times. And that what associations allow us to do, too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that working together among competitors is extremely important because, again, just focusing on government policies will affect all uh, vendors in, in much the same way. And so you need to get together and make sure that policymakers understand the implications because all too often we see things that occur in regulation or legislation that have mm -hmm. unintended consequences because nobody stopped to ask exactly. or listen to what might happen if we do A, B, or C. And, and that's, that is really, it's a powerful voice when you have competitors come together or multi-stakeholders in the yes. case of what we've did many times of having vendors as well as providers there together talking about the issue and how together we see uh, certain paths as being the right ones. And when you can speak from both the the, the sales side, the, the product side, as well as the user side, that's a powerful voice. Very, very true. So following that theme um, on the associations, you know, you're now working with Chime. So what made you, you know, go into, you know, go work with Chime at this level and, and what makes Chime unique? Sure. Uh, you know, Russ Branzell, the CEO of Chime, and I, when I was CEO of Hims, we developed a great relationship and really brought about a synergy between the two organizations. Hims historically has largely focused on what I'd call uh, the how-tos and middle management. And so the implementation and installation of products and solutions and uh, a, a very uh, user level of engagement in that association. Chime has largely focused on the executive group. Um, and, and the two together, we really did some neat things. And especially as we took our learnings and went uh, around the world in, in bringing the, the best that we could offer uh, to developing countries and, and other countries as well. And so after I retired from HIMSS and, and took a little time off, I mean, I had been on that treadmill and I needed a little downtime, but then it was like, okay, you know, what's next? Uh, I, I'm still very interested and I've spent virtually my entire career in healthcare. And so, you know, what's next? And it was a natural. And Russ actually asked me uh, to, to engage with the organization and, and focus on some strategic things, because that has been uh, a big piece of, of my career is, is focus on strategic direction of, of associations. And so, you know, from that, uh, it has evolved into uh, a three plus year now relationship. I'm now working in the um, digital media and analytics area of, uh, help to revitalize and, and uh, bring some new value to the most wired uh, annual survey. And we'll talk a little bit about that here in a minute. Um, and, and so, you know, it, it just was a natural. Um, it was a group of people uh, that I knew, knew well. It's an audience that knows me and, and I know them. And um, it's particularly around the area of survey research and, and data analytics. This goes back to early, early days of my career. Yes. That's a that's a place where I, I love to play. Um, I love to, to look at, at data and try to identify trends and, and such. And so the opportunity of building out a capability of survey research and data analytics at Chime was just a, an opportunity too good to pass up. Yeah, and that's D, that's the uh, DHA, is that correct? 
Yeah, yeah. So we we have built out actually it's a, a larger sort of suite of uh, three different areas. We have digital health community, which is our social media uh, platform based uh, communities network. We have digital health insights, which is a uh, digital media. So we do a lot in the way of articles, webinars, and that sort of thing around uh, current topics and such. And then we have DHA, digital health analytics which is where we do our survey research with the the strong foundation on the most wired survey, which has been around for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and really it, it's the area, the, the digital health analytics is the area where we're most focused on now in creating a, a greater value proposition for the CIO members of, of Chime uh, to, to help them be able to one, understand what's happening in their own shops, being able to do peer comparisons and benchmarking with others similar to them, the ability for them to do their own surveying among a private network, really just trying to put more powerful tools in their hands to help them navigate what they're going through. I love it. Yeah. And actually, I went through the digital health um, most wide survey this morning. So let's dive into that a little bit. I think you guys had just uh, launched a little bit ago, at least since you were on air uh, last time. So what are some of the high points from that? I went, I mean, it's, it's pretty fascinating when you look at, you know, this, uh, this peer group that you've, um, you've obviously identified and, and spoken with. So, you know, what are some of the components that stick out to you the most? Sure. Yeah. Just uh, for anybody who's interested, if you go to dhinsights.org slash analytics, you can get to the survey quickly. Um, But, you know, this is a survey of some 38,000 facilities, uh, acute ambulatory and long term Mm post-acute. And uh, the the structure of, of most wired is there are 10 levels. Uh, with the the level 10 being the highest. And we found the 18 acute care organizations and 17 ambulatory organizations that that achieved that highest level. And these are the organizations that not only are in the absolute forefront. So if you think about 18 uh, hospitals out of the several thousand in the United States, uh, you know, it's a rarefied territory. (laughs) Right. Yes, it is. Uh, So they're the ones that are are truly the leaders in healthcare technology, really pushing the industry forward. Um, And they've not only implemented advanced technologies, but they're leveraging them in innovative ways. Um, They've encouraged deep adoption across their entire organization. And so as a result, really realizing meaningful outcomes, improved quality of care, improved patient experience, reduced costs, and, and so forth. <clears throat> and, and that really uh, touches on some of the, the, the key sort of findings. Um, so recognize this survey was done last summer, so summer of 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it hasn't been that long from uh, this air date that we remember where we were. So COVID was somewhat on the wane. Yeah, we have new variants pop up every six months or whatever, but, you know, it wasn't like 2021. Um, and, And so it's coming out of the pandemic. And so what did we find? Well, one thing in particular is a real emphasis on supply chain. Well, that, you know, why supply chain? Well, remember last summer we were all looking at, at uh, video from uh, L.A. Harbor of the stacks of uh, container ships out in the ocean that couldn't come in. Um, you know, the supply chain was was totally disrupted. 
at the same time when we were experiencing spikes in utilization. And so things like bed and exam room tracking and patient flow software, big increase in terms of a focus on things like that because of what was happening uh, at, at the time. And I think it's a, an interesting sort of finding in that we sometimes think about big sectors like healthcare being slow to adapt, slow to change. I kind of think healthcare is pretty nimble. And we see it in in these results in terms of having to pivot because of an immediate problem. And what's the solution? Well, nowadays, the solution usually is technology. So big uh, investments we saw from previous years uh, in in terms of uh, supply chain and and sort of the administrative infrastructure, um, another thing that is is not so much of a surprise is security remains uh, a key investment and a key risk area. And so, continuing mm-hmm. to to focus on that and trying to be one step ahead of of the hackers and and such. Um, that was also an area where we not only saw uh, continued investment in in the area of security, but in the last section of the survey, which is looking at future priorities, number one priority of the future is, is dealing with, with security. Um, employee-owned devices. Uh, again, not too much of a surprise. Uh, and, and, you know, you and I and probably many of our listeners remember when this was first mm-hmm. an issue. Do you even let anybody bring their own device exactly. into the facility or whatever? Well, it's ubiquitous now. It, 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 there's just not, not any question. Of course, you're allowing uh, your clinicians to use their personal devices because, one, you don't want somebody carrying multiple, having to care, carry multiple devices and such. And and it's uh, just simply a way of doing business. Uh, We all do it uh, in terms of of that. So again, we saw uh, a significant increase in in use of of personal devices. But related to that, um, we, we see a growth and focus on data governance because data can come in and be accessed through multiple channels, multiple devices. Um, we're, we're seeing a, um, an increase in the focus on uh, data governance and ensuring that there is a centralization of data governance, that there is centralized decision-making. And this is not new, uh, mm-hmm. but what we are seeing is that it's a continuing trend of significance that uh, organizations are making sure that they are um, focused and and rig- in imposing some degree of rigor in terms of data, data uh, cleanliness, data usage, and such. And so that very much was was uh, a key sort of priority. Innovation. Uh, Again, not a surprise. And one of the things we found is that there's, and again, I don't think this is a big surprise, organizations that have a recognized innovation center. So they have set up a separate Mm -hmm. area, branded separately, probably uh, governed a little differently than the provider organization itself. Those that have uh, a, a designated innovation center are the ones that are in the forefront of driving innovation and, and change. And so they're the ones where we see um, greater investment, 
uh, and, and greater activity. Um, so again, not surprised that if you're putting that level of focus uh, and dedication into a particular area, you're, you're going to, to see the results from it. And I think probably the last thing I just highlight out of the survey here is patient engagement. Uh, that too uh, was uh, showed significant movement in terms of greater focus and investment on patient engagement, particularly remote digital patient engagement. And again, not a surprise uh, given the COVID environment. Right. One thing we did see was a slight, uh, I mean, not tiny, but a smallish decline in telehealth. Uh, year over year, 22 over 21. Again, not too much of a surprise because in 21, that was just about the only okay. way you could do a lot of stuff. Correct. Uh, yeah. 22, we started coming back indoors and, and uh, providing care on site and such. Um, and so, you know, again, overall, I think these are important uh, trends for us to recognize. It's consistent with what we see uh, in terms of articles and uh, activity at provider levels as well as governmental levels that, uh, you know, technology and, and the technologies in support of clinical care is sort of like job one. Uh, security is right there with, you know, and, and tied at, at that top focus uh, and, and recognizing that and I think we're starting to see this to be more of a reality versus just a, a, a tagline. Patient really is at the center of care. And so let's focus on engaging with them. And so the, that that very much is coming through in the survey. Yeah, no, it, it's excellent. And I highly recommend, you know, my audience take a, take a look at it. It's, I mean, great 17 pages, 16 pages of pure, pure strategy. So the, the um, digital health most wired um, national trends report. So check it out. And and certainly um page was he page 15 kind of summarizes it all with security, clinical quality and safety, infrastructure, patient engagement, a lot of things that Steve went through as these really top priorities coming out for 2023 and 2024. So um in our last couple of minutes, Steve, I do want to jump over to um the, you know our upcoming Vive conference. I mean, we've got that here later next month, uh, March 26th through 29th. Um, and just for those that may join a little late, my very special guest today is Steve Lieber, Chief Analytics Officer from Chime. So in the last uh, couple of minutes, Steve, tell me about, um, you know, Vive. It's back. We're excited for it. I'll be there. I'll be broadcasting live from the show floor. But um, give us some of your quick thoughts on that. Sure. This is year two of a partnership between Chime and, and Health. And what we're trying to do here is sort of rethink what big conferences look like. Typically, you, you would look at them and see them in two parts. You've got the education going on upstairs, down the hall, and then you've got the exhibit hall, and the exhibit hall has certain hours, and you do one thing, and then you go do the other, and, and that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, it it, it, it lacked that, that uh, large uh, bifurcated experience, lacked some, some things, uh, and especially the larger you got, the harder it was. Uh, to, to create a, a, a really engaging experience. Well, health as an organization, and many on, on of our listeners here may attend the, the fall health conference, you know, it's in their DNA to bring just a really 
personalized, engaged experience to a conference. And so that very much is at the cornerstone of, of what we're doing at Five. Chime, long storied history in terms of its education for executives and decision makers. And so you're putting the two of those together. And so, as I say, this is year two. We're in Nashville um march 26 29 mm-hmm. um and and you know this year we're expecting about 7500 people so about a 50 percent increase over last year when we were in miami beach um the the vibe vibe yeah. from vibe that came out of last year's uh experience was just fantastic i mean it, it just was amazing in terms of who you run into uh, the opportunity to engage with folks. And so moving to with with that sort of experience in the forefront, we're moving the education down on on the, the same floor as the exhibition. Exhibition is limited, small booths, mm-hmm. no, none of the, the big multi-story mega booths, because the whole idea is to make sure that you can engage, that there is a meaningful conversation going on. So we've got government leaders, we've got provider leaders, we've got vendor leaders, uh, big focus on startups, got about 100 startup companies wow. uh, between investors and incubators, as well as companies themselves. And so a significant focus on that innovation and a lot of the topics. So AI, big issue, big topic uh, that, that'll be a part of, of what we're focused on. So, you know, in a nutshell, it's focused on a lot of where we're going. Um, and I, I think I differentiate that maybe with other conferences where you do spend a lot of time on how to install, how to implement what we have. Um, this is more strategy and future focused, um, but not out beyond where anybody is. So we have people who will be presenting exactly what they're doing in areas that many may see as unique, innovative, new. Um, and, and so it's it's a fantastic experience in bringing together all of these stakeholders in an environment where it's the, the flow is natural. Love it. Love it, Steve. Thank you so much. That um, and I'll certainly, you know, I'll be there March twenty sixth to twenty ninth in Nashville, Music City Center. Um, if people are available or can make themselves available, I highly recommend you attend. Um, the the vibe coming out of Vive last year was amazing because we were reverberating um, at the Hymns Conference. A lot of a lot of people left Vive and went into uh, into Hymns, and, and I just felt the energy. So I'm excited to participate today. Um, but that's that's all the time we have today. Steve, thank you so much. It was great to have you on air. I truly appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. Uh, and thanks thank to you. everyone. Thank you, Steve. And thanks to everyone for joining us today. Please tune in weekdays at 2.30 p.m. Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Pacific. As always, you can track me on Twitter at HIT Advisor and use the hashtag ThisJustinRadio so we can respond to your comments from the show. If you missed any of this episode or want to hear more, all my shows are posted on Apple iTunes, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and tune in. Uh, And check out the new website we just launched at justinbarnes.com. Thanks, everyone. Stay safe. 